let's jump right in because I know we've kind of had a busy Sunday already. So um, what do you think about when I say the word focus? I feel like it was said a couple times this morning in pre-service prayer. I've heard it a few times um, in some of the worship that we had this morning, so I love how um, God does that. Um, But what do you think about when you think of the word focus? Um, When I first felt like the Lord put that kind of on my mind over the last couple weeks, um, I thought about times that I'm like, well, I need to focus on a project at work. Or if I'm chatting with my kids, a lot of times I might have them look at me, especially when they were younger, right? Because I felt like they looked at me, they were focused on me, right? Um, And so I was like, that's what I thought of. I thought about those times that we're like, we need to focus on this and we need to focus on that. And you know, the times that I have to tell my husband, I can't, I can't think about that right now. I need to think about this. Um, and so I was thinking about that word focus, and I felt like it was really more about attention. Like, what am I giving my attention to? Um, and so then that, when the Lord kind of brought focus into my mind, that's really what I thought I was going to be preaching on, right? I had this the whole video that I was going to show. <laughs> and then when I sat down and I had the Lord actually help me unpack it, it was not that. And I love it because it gave me a whole new perspective of focus, right? When we think of the word focus, what do we really think of? Um, And so I started, you know, obviously I was like, okay, what's the definition of focus? And it's so interesting because you can look up definitions on um, the Internet, and there's the Webster's Dictionary, and then there's, I don't know, a couple other ones. And they might say something different. Um, But I loved when I read several of them, I found a very similar word, um, throughout it. And so the, the main one that I saw was the center of interest or activity. So the definition of focus was the center of interest or activity. So it wasn't giving attention to something. It was the center of something, which I thought was interesting because when I think of focus, I'm like, what am I thinking about right now? Or what do I need to do for a short period of time? But when I look at the definition, I think of center it, it brought a new light to me to think, what is the center of my interest? What is the center of my activity? Right? So if we want to put up the first uh, diagram. Um, so this came to me last night um, at Sam's football game, and I sent it to Mark at 10.30 last night. Um, but this is what the, was in my head, right, when I started thinking about how God was talking about focus being the center. We have so many things in our life, so many activities, so many interests. And these are just a few. I just threw up a few up there, like, you, you could relate with some of these. Some of these you can't relate with. Maybe you have other things on there that are kind of what you would consider your, your interests and your activities, right? What we sometimes call our lives, right? Like when we think about our life, we think about all the things in our life, our spouses or our children or our work, our jobs, our school. <clears throat> That's what this is kind of supposed to represent. And the question marks are in there is what is the focus of your life? What's the center of all those different interests and activities? Um, and so that's what we're going to talk about today, right? So the, 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 the title of my message was Take Back Your Center, right? It's not about shifting your focus or changing your focus. It's what is in the center of your interest and your activities and how can you take it back and, and let, it, let it be something that you choose to own. So the world, we can go to the next diagram, the world, right, when we think about what the world says should be the center of our lives, it's us, right? Like, I mean... It's everywhere, right? It's in ads, it's in conversations, and we're guilty of it, right? Like we're guilty of of making ourselves the center of our lives, right? And and we are from an early age, right? Like as, if you have young children, we were all young children at one point, but if you've been raising young children, like you're trying to get them to see that the world doesn't revolve around them, right? Like that they're not the center of their world. There are a lot of other things in this world besides them. But we are 
we're sinful. We're, we're, we're created in God's image, but we were born into a sinful world to where we think about ourselves. And, and the world, and I hate to say it, sometimes American culture even more so, it's all absorbs from about us, right? If I don't like my job, then I'm just going to find another one. If you hear it all the time, if mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. And that's not biblical. Let's be honest, right? And I've said it. I've said it to my kids, right? Like, if mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. That is not biblical, right? Because that's about me. Like, if I ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. That's ridiculous, right? Because it's not about me being happy. And that's what we see, I think, the world always telling us is, if it doesn't make you happy, don't do it. If it doesn't bring you joy, get rid of it. If that friendship is what sometimes people use the word toxic, and maybe, I mean, there are toxic relationships. I'm not saying that you don't need to get out of. But if you're just having a difficult time with a relationship, and you don't want to deal with it, it's not time to be like, well, that relationship's hard. I'm just going to ditch out, right? Because it's not, just because something is hard doesn't mean it's bad, right? Just because it's difficult doesn't mean that it's not good, right? And so this is what the world tells us. The world tells us me, me, me. You know, everything, all the, everything should revolve around me, right? Even I threw church in Jesus, right, because I, I didn't want to create a million little boxes, right? But sometimes we even have church in Jesus really surrounding us. Right? Is it the worship that I want? Do I like it or not like it? Is it my style? You know? Does 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 Jesus fit into what I want to believe about my life? And and, and we, we make them fit make Jesus and church fit into a box about ourselves. But that's not what the word of God says. Right? And that and that's where I really feel like the Lord brought me this week. Um, is that and this is convicting to me. I kind of laughed at it and I was like, All right, all right, I get it. sometimes the Holy Spirit's been working on focus with me for a while, and this, I feel like, has brought it full circle for me this week, to be like, you're right. Like, there are areas that have been about me that don't need to be about me anymore. And so so the the next diagram is really what we should be aiming for, right, where Jesus is the center, right? He's the center of everything. And we have all these activities in our world and in our lives that still have to be there, right? We still have to work, right? You know, we still have to have money, you know, to, to, to just live in this world, to eat, the, those things. We still have things that we have to do. We still have children that we need to raise. If we're married, we still have spouses and marriages that we need to give attention to. And this isn't about not giving attention to those things in our lives and those interests and those activities. This, this is about making this, those activities and those interests Jesus the center of them. Right? If, if my marriage is not coming off of Jesus, then it's a distraction in my life. If my, if my job is not coming off of Jesus, if it's, Jesus is not the center of why I go to work every day, even though you know, this is not my primary job, right? I have a, another job. But if Jesus is not the reason I'm going to work, then it's a distraction, right? So how many things in our life do we have that are kind of those distractions? So I do want to do one scripture. I almost missed it, that really kind of points the, the focus on Jesus. And it's in Hebrews 12, um, verses 1 and 2. I can give you guys a chance to turn there. Um, and um, these scriptures are in NIV. I have one scripture today that's out of the message, but the rest of them are in NIV. So if you're in your Bible app or whatever, um, pull up the NIV one, and it'll give you the exact translation. So it says, therefore, since we are surrounded, right, like that, that, that thing we were looking at, surrounded, like we're surrounded by such great clouds of witnesses, let us throw off all of those things, right, that hinder and the sin that so easily entails, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. 
fixing our eyes on Jesus. Fixing our eyes on Jesus in all of those areas that surround us and all those things that can hinder us. The pioneer and perfecter of our faith. So distractions, right? Those things that we just talked about that fill our lives. And, and like I said, that's not a complete list. You have something that you're thinking of, I'm sure, right now, of like what's filling your life. What maybe you feel like your maybe focus has been or what's been your kind of center of your life. Distractions, right? And when I looked up the definition of distractions, because, of course, I had to look up the definition, um, it says a thing that prevents somebody from giving full attention to something else. And what I stuck when I looked at that and read that was it's a thing. It's not a bad thing. It's not a sinful thing. It's not an, a hurtful thing. It's just a thing. It can be good. It can be bad. It can be, it can be you know, helpful even, right? Like our distractions are not things that are just bad, right? I think it's easy for us sometimes, or at least it is for me. I can speak to, about myself, right? To be like, oh, I, can't, I don't need to be distracted. You know, everybody, when we think about distractions, thinks about their phones or TV or Internet, right? Like we think, oh, yeah, we can get, like, stuck in, like, watching YouTube videos of a million cats doing stupid things. That is a distraction that's not helpful and probably not good, right? But we can also have distractions that are good things. But we don't recognize those because in our mind, they're good things, like, I have, they're good things, they're helpful, you know. So how can that be a distraction from Jesus? And that's what I really want to kind of talk about today. Because I feel like we all can kind of point out those unhealthy habits in our lives that are distractions. But what about healthy things in our lives that have become distractions? And so they're not helpful, right? And there's a scripture, and I wish I would have written it down, that I came across where it says that there are things that are lawful but not helpful, Right? And so there are times that something might be not sinful and it might be okay and, and the Lord might not say you can't do it, but it, is it helpful for you? Then, then that could not be something you need to do. It's distracting you if it's not helpful. So I wanted to pull up an example because I love how um, the Lord, his word is alive today. It is not something that we just can be like, oh, it happened back then, but I love how they're when God is trying to tell us something, when I felt like this week he really put this on my heart, I was like, okay, Lord, where have you already given us guidance in the word? Because he does that. He, he has answers in the word, and we just have to listen to him. And he led me to the story of Mary and Martha um, in Luke 10. So we're going to bring that up as well. And this is also in the NIV. Um, and so I love it because Mary and Martha, I feel like you could go, I, I love this story, and a lot of times... I talk about how I'm totally a Martha because um, I'm that hospitality person. Um, but I love the, the, the new perspective that the Lord gave me um, in this story. So I'm actually going to read um, verses 38 to 42 because I felt like it was helpful to, to actually read it out. Um, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him and had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. I mean, talk about she went to Jesus and told him what to do. I mean, woo, right? And Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, 
You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary had chosen what is better, right? Not what is good, not what is helpful, what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. And so I love this because basically Martha was distracted. And she was distracted by things that were good, like cooking and cleaning and serving, right? Like serving Jesus in her home, right? In her mind, she was distracted with things that she were good, weren't bad, but they weren't the best. They weren't better, right? Like Martha, it was just day to day. And, and that's where it hit me. I was like, man, on a day-to-day basis, I have Jesus in my home all the time, all the time in my house. But how often am I distracted by the day-to-day things that are needed and are good, but are they really the better and are they really the best? So like I said, they don't have to be the bad things. So I want you to think. Think about those things in your life on a day-to-day basis that have become the center of your life. And think through, is it Jesus? Is he really in that box? Or, or do I keep, you know, if I would have had time and had a little arts and crafts thing, I would have, I would have moving things to the center, right? Because there's sometimes in my life, you know, I, I put my marriage in the center, and there's times in my life I've had my kids in the center. There's times in my life I've had work in the center. So it's not like, oh, it's always me in the center, like I showed on that second diagram. We can be moving all those different things of our lives into the center. And they can shift and change and bounce around depending on what we have going on. But when we do that, I want to point out what that did to Martha. She was distracted with a good thing, with a thing that was needed, I mean, they had to eat, right? So it was something that was needed, but it wasn't better. But if you go back and you look, it says specifically, the Lord answered, in verse 41, you are worried and upset about many things. And what I love about this is how many times are we worried? Me included. How many times am I so overwhelmed and so worried and so stressed out about one of the things in my life. And I'm not saying that there's not validity when we're when things are hard and difficult. Like it impacts us. But am I worried because I'm distracted? Right? In this in this passage, Jesus is saying to Martha, "You are worried and upset." He can see She's become distracted from what is the better thing. She's, she's distracted from the thing that matters the most, that can't be taken away. And she's distracted, and that distraction has made her worried and upset. And I love frustrated with the people around her. I mean, guilty. How many times am I frustrated because somebody around me isn't distracted with the same thing I'm distracted with, and I feel like they should be distracted with me. Right? Like, you should see that I'm over here working really hard and you're not helping me. Right? And, and I'm a, you know, I'm a hospitality person. Like, I'm, I love making meals for people and helping. I mean, those of you that know me know that. And I have, I, I myself can get very upset with you 
I mean, I probably have been very upset with people in this room, right? Because I feel like nobody is helping me. And, and I'm worried about it, and I'm upset about it, and I'm frustrated with you when, because you chose not to be distracted by the things that I'm distracted by, right? And so I was like, whoa, like, ouch, right? Like, so when I think about the times I'm frustrated, you know, mostly probably in my home, right? Am I frustrated because I'm worried and upset because Jesus isn't in the center because it put something else in that box, and it could be something good in that box, but it, it doesn't need to be in that box. It's now a distraction, and that distraction has turned into worry. And so how many times have we, I, it just it hit me this week, of like how many times have I been so worried about something, and if I would have had just put Jesus back in the center, that worry would go away. Because I know if Jesus is in the center, he's taking care of it. He knows, he knows what's going to happen. He knows what I need to do. And when he's in the center, then he's guiding me, and I'm, I'm able to listen. So um, another example I have out of the Bible um, is the parable of the sower. So I loved that the Lord brought me to this one because um, I was having struggles with trying to figure out, okay, what does this have to do with distraction? Um, and so I kind of love what he showed me, so I can't wait to share that. But um, so I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a heads up. So it's in Mark 4, so you have a chance to get there. And we are actually going to read through um, 15 through 20 is actually what I'm going to read, but I'm going to kind of set the stage. Um, so Jesus is teaching to a large group of people, and at, you know, at the time he a lot of times used stories or parables to kind of explain something. Um, and so he's sharing about this farmer who is spreading seed everywhere. And sometimes the seeds fall just along the path, and the birds come and eat them. Sometimes the seeds go in kind of the rocky areas, and you might, they might sprout up a little bit, and you have a little bit of life, but then the sun just scorches them because really, they didn't have enough soil, so they didn't take root. Um, other times, the seeds kind of fall around along the thorns in a thorny area, and so if the plants do have an opportunity to grow, grow up, they just get choked out by all of, the, all of the thorns. And then seeds are thrown into what they call good soil, where it takes root, and it's healthy and fruitful and multiplies. Um, and so he's giving this parable, and then later his disciples and a few others are kind of asking him why. Why do you, why do you tell stories? Why do you tell these parables? And he goes to explain it, right? So I love it because Jesus shares this parable that, and, and at the time being a farmer was relevant to that time, right? So in his mind, Jesus is giving something that should be relatable, but they're, they're still the disciples and the people are still struggling with understanding it. And I feel like sometimes that's me, right? God needs to, to sometimes be a little bit more clear with me because I'm not getting, his, <laughs> getting some of the pictures he's putting down. So I love how he goes into, and that's what we're going to read is Mark chapter 4, 15 through 20. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown, the word of God is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecutions come, because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things, come in and choke the word 
making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. And so, of course, the Lord pointed out worries, the worries of life. You know, some of the others I can say deceitfulness of wealth and desire for other things. We can think of that as, yeah, that could easily choke out, you know, the word of God in my life. But worries, the worries of, of this life, the worries of this life, you know, and God knew all those little things that we have going around in our lives can cause us worry. And, and the worry can choke out his word, the seeds that are thrown out to us right now, right? This word that I'm giving you that the, that the Lord put on my heart is a seed that's being thrown into your heart. And if your heart is full of worry, if you're worried about everything else going on in your life, can that seed take root and be fruitful in your life? And so I love how he tied that back in, right? And the, the definition of worry is to dwell or focus on something. So to dwell on it. Doesn't mean to, to acknowledge something, recognize something, right? Because we have things in our life we need to recognize, we can't ignore the difficulties of our life. We can't ignore all the hard things. We can't, you know, just put our head in the sand and be like, I'm not going to deal with it. That's not what God is saying to do. But don't dwell on it and worry on it and make it the center of your life and make it the focus of your life. Worrying or focusing on those troubles, it chokes out the word of God in our life. And how many times has that happened to me? How many times have I even gone somewhere, right? Because it doesn't say that we don't receive the word, right? How many times have I listened to a message or gone to um, some event and I feel like, man, the Lord really deposited something. Like I feel like, man, that was so good. But a month down the road, two months down the road, there's no fruit from it, right? It's not because I didn't go and come to church and it's not that I wasn't open and I wasn't like ready to hear the word of God and I took that, took that seed, right? I'm, it's not a, I'm not on the path where Satan just steals it, you know? I'm, I'm not maybe in that rocky place where I don't have enough soil. But am I receiving it and excited about it? And then the worries of this life choke it out. And it's not fruitful. And then I'm frustrated and I'm upset. And sometimes I want to blame God. Well, I, you know, like, why aren't you changing me? You know, like, why is this word not, not being fruitful? Why am I still struggling with this? And I love that God brings it back to, like, I am throwing, people are throwing seeds. I am throwing seed into your life. But we have a choice on what, what our life is like. Like, what are, are we going to be that path where there's nothing for soil at all? Are we going to be that rocky place? Are we going to be the thorns? Are we going to be good soil? And I think... The American mentality, human mentality, we sometimes want to play the victim, right? Like, life just happens to me. I can't control it. So I, I can't help that I've got all, this, all these thorns in my life. I just can't help it. But we're not victims. We have a choice on where we focus. We have a choice on who we put in the center of our lives. And having Jesus in the center does not mean all those things in our lives don't happen. It doesn't mean that it's not hard and difficult. It doesn't mean that we don't have really difficult marriages. It doesn't mean that we don't 
have difficulty parenting. It doesn't mean that we don't dislike our jobs, right? It doesn't mean that we don't have hard friendships or relationships or hard finances. You know, like Mark was even praying over the, over the offering. And it's like, is Jesus the center of your finances? Are you so stressed and worried about your finances that you're not willing to give God what he's asked for? Right? So those are the things we still have to deal with. We still have to have a budget. We still have to manage our money well enough to be able to, to live. But is Jesus the center of those finances? Is he the center of that marriage? Is he the center of that relationship? I heard a quote um, when I was researching this focus. I just kind of wanted to see what kind of quotes are out there. Some are always good and some are obviously not good, not biblical. But I loved this one because it said, focus is a matter of deciding what things you're not going to do. Because I think to myself, I, I easily can get up in the morning and be like, all right, Lord, I'm giving you my day, right? But am I thinking about the, am I, am I consciously making a choice to not focus on certain things, right? Like, I, it's great to be like, all right, God, I'm going to put you in the center. But then as soon as I get out of bed and as soon as I get into my day, now I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about all these things. I've tried to, in my life, since the Lord revealed this, as being like, okay, what are the things that I'm worried about? What are the things that, that are difficult in my life right now? Okay, Lord, I'm going to give those to you, and I'm not going to dwell on them today. I'm not going to make them the center. I'm going to deal with them. I'm going to work on them but they're not going to be the center. So I love that it's a choice because we see that it's a choice in even the Mary and Martha story because Mary chose. They had a choice, Martha and Mary, and Mary chose to sit at the feet of Jesus. She chose to listen to his teachings, those things, those seeds that were going to take root and be fruitful for years to come, forever in her life. She chose that, whereas Martha which is, you know, Sarah's sometimes a Martha, right? Martha chose to focus on those day-to-day things, those good things, those things that are needed, but they're temporary, and they're not the best. They're not the better. And I love how it says that in that scripture, the better. Mary focused on the better. And I love that because are we focused on the better? The better is the word of God and Jesus, and, and so in my life, when I'm, and I, I've, you know, I've thought back to seasons in my life where weeks, months, longer seasons, where I've been so consumed with something else in my life, something else besides Jesus. I've been worried, I've been stressed, I've been overwhelmed. And, and when I even, if I even, try to squeeze Jesus in, right, like try to squeeze in a little Jesus time, but I'm so drained from the worry and the stress that I don't have any energy left to actually receive from the word of God. And this is where I feel like it really hit home, right? The busyness, right? They always say if Satan can keep us busy and worried and overwhelmed, then he's going to win. He doesn't have to get you addicted to something. He doesn't have to get you to fall into what the world would say is major sin, right? He, doesn't, he does not have to do that to, to, to get you to not be fruitful in your life. He has to get you distracted. He has to keep you busy. And so busy that when you sit down at the end of the day 
or if you have a moment of like, I gotta squeeze, I'm gonna squeeze Jesus in right now, you don't have enough energy to truly actually hear his voice. And what little you hear, do you have the energy to actually implement it? To actually do it, right? Because God doesn't tell, tell us to just sit down and read the word. Do the word. Learn from me and go out and do it. But if we're so exhausted over worrying about life and so busy with things that are good but not better, then how do we have live fruitful lives? And that's where I think the Lord took me with this is distractions are that major tool and that busyness. And we as Christians are called to be fruitful and we're called to be to go out, you know, just like the message that Jody gave and then Chris you know, also repeated, we're, we're to go out and evangelize and to bring people to Jesus. Well, it's really hard to bring people to Jesus when they look at my life and they're like, "Woo, you are, you are overwhelmed, you are stressed, you are exhausted. I don't know that I want that Jesus. Because what is that Jesus bringing you? Exhaustion, worry, stress? Because that, because a lot of times, as Christians, as believers, we're not keeping Jesus as the center. And so we are exhausted and overwhelmed and worried. And then we wonder why. So I came across this scripture, and I debated on whether I should say it, read it. It's in the message. So, you know, sometimes the message, it's good, but sometimes it writes it, you know, gives a little punch to it, I guess. So to me, it has a good punch. So it's Colossians 3, 1 through 2. So this is the only scripture I have in the message. And so it says, So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. So are, are we serious? Am I serious? Are you serious? About the new, the resurrection life that God has given us. Are we serious about it? And if we're serious about it, are we acting like it? Or are we too focused with our eyes along the ground, shuffled along, Absorbed with things that are right in front of us that are temporary and they're not going to last. Are we just going to sit back and stay busy and stay distracted and stay worried so that Satan can keep us unfruitful? So that we can't go out and evangelize because nobody wants my Jesus. But they really need my Jesus. They just, it's my Jesus when I'm not putting Jesus as my center. It's when I'm in the center and Jesus is a little box. That's not the Jesus I'm selling to people. That's not the Jesus I'm bringing to people. I'm bringing the Jesus that's the center. The Jesus that, that provides the hope and the joy and the peace and the love that we don't have to be worried and overwhelmed and stressed. That's the Jesus that I'm bringing. But am I? Am I really bringing that Jesus to the world? Am I serious about this new resurrection life? Or am I not? And we have a choice like Martha. Life doesn't happen to us. You're not a victim. You have a choice. Am I going to choose to be distracted 
by those things that are needed and good, or am I going to choose Jesus as the center and focus on the better, the better and the best, that the thing that never fades? So, Lord, we thank you for this word um, that you've given us. And I say us because you gave it to me. Spoke to me this week as I prepared it, Lord, the message you gave us. We open our hearts and our minds and ask you to speak to us. Point, Point us, show us, be honest with us, just like how the message is written Colossians. Be honest with us. We open and ask, are we acting like we are open to this new resurrection life? Are we acting like we're serious about it? And if we're not, Lord, reveal the areas that have been our areas of distraction, the things that we've dwelled on, the things that we have replaced you with. So if you're here today or listening online, and as you're listening to this, maybe you've only seen that Jesus that's been on one of those side boxes. Maybe you've never seen a Jesus in the center of somebody's life. And you're like, whoa, that's a little different. It's never, it's never too late to give your heart to the Lord. It's never too late to make him the center and start this journey with him. Even if you've never seen a good example of Jesus in the center That's where he's supposed to be. So if if that's you here today, everybody else can have their their heads bowed and their eyes closed. If you want to look up at me, or if you're online with us today, and I'm going to help lead us in a prayer to where we ask the Lord to be the center. So Lord, we thank you for loving us enough loving us enough to keep pursuing us. And we recognize that maybe we haven't seen the Jesus that you really are. Maybe we've only seen the Jesus that sometimes this world shows. And I want you, I want you the center of my life, the center of who I am. And I ask you to come in and be my Lord, be my King, be be the center Be the center of my life. Thank you for loving me enough. No matter where I'm at, no matter where I'm sitting, loving me enough to to come after me to be my king. So if you um, prayed that prayer or prayed another prayer in your heart, right? There's no magic prayer. Um, And you're here today. Come see me afterwards or one of the other pastors. Um, if you were online, please send us an email at contact at impactrock.com, and we want to we pray with you. Um, we want to reach out to you and, and um, encourage you. So for those of us um, in the room or online as well, who are Christians, have given our lives to the Lord, I think this is an opportunity for us to say, do we want to take back our center? And so if there are people here today have recognized, man, I, I have been living with Jesus on the, in that little side box 
and he needs to be the center of my life. And maybe it's a daily choice, but right now you recognize I got to move him back to the center. I've been distracted. I've been overwhelmed. And I actually would encourage you, I know this is, we normally don't do this, but I would encourage you to kind of stand. If you feel like that, that you need to kind of push him back to the center. So that as, as a church body, you're not doing it alone. And we can pray for you and come around and encourage you. Thank you guys for honesty. I mean, this week I've had to say that to myself. All right, Lord, you're the center again. I'm tired of this other thing being in the middle. And so if you're around somebody who stood, please reach your hand to them, put your hand on them, and I'm going to say a prayer for us all. Um, As we go into the week and really shift our focus and our center. So Lord, I thank you for those brave enough to stand up and say, I'm done having something else and I'm ready to take back my center and choose for it to be Jesus. Lord, we thank you for them. Thank you for what you spoke to them. And I know, I know when we take back our center, the seed that you're planting in our lives will take root and be fruitful. It will now be on good soil, Lord. And you are faithful. You say that. And we believe it. We believe that you are going to reap fruitful, just have fruitfulness in the lives of those taking back their center today. Lord, we just thank you for who they are. We thank you for who you are. We love you and we're so honored to do this life with you. We are serious about this new resurrection life and we're going to act like it going forward, Lord. And we are so thankful that you give us chance after chance, that you don't leave us in in where we're at, that you don't leave us in our mess, that you continue, continue to encourage us and bring us along. And this is a time that you have spoken to us and we are thankful for your word and your encouragement and your love. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Okay, I'm going to leave you with this blessing. Um, It's from Numbers that we do every week. It says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Thank you guys and have a great day.